Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD. This is our 100th episode. And as always, we couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also wanna thank our platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast. This is our 100th episode and I'm very excited about it. Uh, we're getting a two for one today. We've got two great athletic directors from the state of Georgia and you can thank them or blame them uh, for the Educational AD Podcast because they were so nice and so professional to me as a guest several months ago that I decided to uh, start my own podcast. So I want to welcome uh, Don Baker and Josh Matthews. Don is a certified athletic administrator, and he's the uh, district AD for Cobb County Schools in Georgia. Uh, Josh is a certified master athletic administrator, and he is the director of athletics at Pope High School in Marietta, Georgia. Don and Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is going to be fun. Okay. Well, uh, again, thank you for uh, helping me get this started. Um, as you know, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, uh, Don, I'm going to have you go first. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up, where you went to college, and uh, you know maybe how that love of sports led to a job in uh, athletic administration. Sure. Uh, originally from Valdosta, Georgia, uh, in South Georgia. Uh, my father taught and coached uh, football at Valdosta High School uh, for over 30 years, and, and having a front row seat to, to that was just unbelievable. Uh, having you know the winningest high school football program in the country uh, and being able to go to practice with them every day, uh, really kind of ingrained in me, uh, you know, that love for, for the game of football and then later coaching. Um, following high school, went to Georgia Southern in Statesboro, Georgia, was there for three years. Uh, and then the, the head coach at Valdosta, Mike O'Brien, uh, who practically raised me, uh, he was a, uh, on staff with my dad. He was the head coach at the time. He said, if you'll come back, finish school at Valdosta State, and community coach with us, I'll give you a job. And so I decided to grow up and uh, came home uh, and did that. And then around 2000, my girlfriend at the time, later my fiance, now my wife, uh, said, I am moving to Atlanta. And so like a lot of us, I said, yes, ma'am. Uh, and moved to the Atlanta area uh, and coached uh, at Kennesaw Mountain High School uh, in Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, until 2012, at that time was promoted uh, to the athletic director position there at Kennesaw Mountain and served in that role uh, until 
a little over two years ago when I was named the director of athletics for the Cobb County School District, like you said, where I oversee 16 schools. Um, you know, very active coming up, playing football, baseball, ran track. Um, there are 14 teachers in my family, so it is kind of the family business uh, that I ran from as long as I could. Uh, I changed my major three times before I came back to uh, teaching and coaching, uh, and not really in that order. I got back into it to coach, uh, like I think a lot of us did, uh, and then realized that I enjoyed teaching. Uh, and then, like I said, in 2012, our outgoing AD, John Kelly, he comes to me. He says, listen, I'm, I want you to interview for my job. I did, and, and the rest is history. So uh, it's, been, it's been a great ride. Uh, very, very fortunate. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. It's always great to you know, hear uh, the stories of how you know, we end up where we're at. And so many of these uh, are, are similar, that uh, you know, a parent, uh, a mentor you know, uh, helped light that spark. Uh, Josh, uh, what's your story? Yeah, so I grew up on the other end of the state. I grew up in Winder, Georgia, which is in northeast Georgia, kind of northeast of Atlanta. I went to Winderbera High School, which at the time was the only high school in the county there. Um, but now since they have a, another school there. But uh, grew up, Winder is near Athens. Uh, we were the Bulldogs. We were red and black. So a lot of that UGA connection there. Um, I did not attend UGA. I actually went to Shorter College in Rome, Georgia to play baseball. But uh, the one thing about you, the one unique thing about growing up in Winder or going to Winderbera High School is in 1985, the student, the student government leadership led a charge to change the spelling of the nickname. So we were the Bulldogs, just like the Georgia Bulldogs. But at the time, they decided to add an extra G there. So Winderbera is known as the double G Bulldogs. Uh, that extra G has a meaning. It's a, uh, supposed to bring extra energy to the pride of your school, which hopefully I exude, uh, but also the extra e, uh, extra G is for extra effort as a student or student athlete. So um, just a unique um, point there about my high school that I like to share. But I, I grew up in a great family. I had two grandfathers who served in World War II. One was stateside, one fought in the Asia theater. So I, I had some people to look up to about how you're supposed to live life and just serve others. Uh, I had great parents who taught me right from wrong and manners. And, and I'm a yes, sir, no, sir. People always want to say, did you grow up in the military? And I, I really, I said, no, that's just how I was raised. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're doing the same thing with a five-year-old right now trying, but uh, every, everything they did kind of helped um, us understand what it meant to be successful or, or try to be successful academically and athletically. Um, I will say this, I, I think it's an interesting, a very intriguing point when I look back on my life. Uh, neither one of my parents and really no one in my family had ever graduated from college. I was the first college graduate when I graduated from Shorter in 2001. But um, I have two younger brothers and now between the three of us, we have five degrees. For, so, so the intriguing part to me is my parents kept pushing college go to college, go to college, even though they really didn't know what that meant. I don't think, I mean, they, they knew they had a goal for us, but they somehow or another, they knew uh, the level of success that college would get us even without um, ever, uh, ever achieving that goal themselves. So just the vision they had for us is kind of a challenge to me as a parent now to uh, have, have a vision for our kids. Right. So uh, yeah, that's, um, that's a little bit about me. Um, 
I went to Shorter College, which I said is in Rome, Georgia, played baseball there, uh, graduated with a degree in middle school education. And my first job out of college was at a middle school in Roswell, Georgia, a lot like Don. I um, had a girlfriend at the time who was a year older than me. She had moved to Atlanta and I had a choice to go back to Winder and teaching coach there, or um, relocate somewhere close to her. And um, I think I made the right choice to relocate near to her. And uh, that I, I taught at a brand new middle school. And then I worked at Centennial or coached at Centennial High School. I drove over in the afternoons and coached baseball there. And man, it was great because I was at a brand new um, school teaching in it. And we all know, man, brand new schools are perfect to teach in because you get the best of the best, right? We had a great principal who was a leader of people, uh, kind of was a, a great leader for a first year um, teacher. And then the coaching staff at Centennial was a veteran coaching staff. And I'll talk about our AD in a little bit, but um, it was a veteran coaching staff that a first year, second year coach could learn a lot from. So I, um, I was blessed to kind of fall into a great situation right out of college there. Uh, again, I just love listening to these stories. And uh, uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of two uh, startups for private schools. And you're right, that's just so exciting, you know, to be there at the very beginning, uh, hire the coaches, you know, choose colors, uh, you know, start those traditions. You know, it's very cool. Um, both of you uh, touched a little bit on our next topic, uh, mentoring. You know, in our profession, you know, we, we talk about the importance of leadership and, and mentoring that next generation. So I'm curious, uh, who were your mentors uh, growing up? Uh, the expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking to kids or coaches or parents. So Josh, who were some of your mentors growing up? Yeah, so like I said, I uh, played baseball. Um, I, I played a little bit of basketball growing up, but once I got to high school, I kind of settled on baseball. I wasn't very good, so I needed to, to uh, play and practice as much as I could, and, and, and that's what I decided to do. Uh, but my high school baseball coach was Ronnie Edwards, and uh, he was just a hard-nosed coach who taught you how to work hard, how to clean up the field, just how to prepare for the games and practice, and a lot of things that we're using – as athletic directors and, and coaches, especially. Uh, then I moved on to Shorter College and, and played for Ricky Latanzi and Matt Larry was the head coach there and still stay in touch with Coach Larry. Um, and I was also in work study. So, uh, you know, a lot of folks have gone through work study and know what that means. But that work study program taught me a lot that I use as athletic director, uh, cleaning gym floors, taking out trash, cutting grass, all those good things that we learned there. So I still have a lot of skills that I learned from those three gentlemen. And then my second job out of college was uh, at Lassiter High School, which is right up the road here. And uh, I was able to coach there for eight years. And it was one of the elite high school baseball programs in the country. And I was blessed to be a part of that and work for an elite, uh, someone I call an elite teacher, an elite coach, an elite thinker. Uh, Mickey McMurtry and he just he he always asks why and that's something as you say things go through your head a lot I ask that question a lot of myself and try to ask it of our coaches okay why are we doing this why do you do this and um, I think that's a question that a lot of people don't ask they just go through the minutiae of the day but um, then luckily after about eight years I kind of felt God calling me to be an AD and it really going back to my first job Mike Cloy, who was the head coach and the athletic director, 
I watched him and he was a great guy. He was a, he was already retired part-time teacher coach. And uh, he, he had spent a lot of years in athletic administration. I kind of said, Hey, I want to do what coach Chloe does one day. And um, about eight years after I'd been at Laster, I felt a call to start being, you know, looking for an AD job. And luckily three miles up the road, I didn't have to relocate. I didn't have to change, you know, find a new church, find a new community to live in. But the AD role at Pope opened up and um, it's just a great family atmosphere. We call it the Pope family. And uh, I was blessed to get the job there nine years ago. Uh, this is my, my ninth year as AD there. So uh, just a, a true blessing work. My first principal, I have two great principals, but my first principal, Dr. Bob Downs, uh, he really helped me grow as a leader of people. He would ask that question why a lot uh, with us and let he let me do my job as athletic director and didn't really micromanage that, didn't micromanage any of us. So, uh, you know, he taught us a lot about uh, leadership. And then I, I just want to add a couple more guys named John Chaparro and Joe Shad. And those are mentors of mine that are outside of my profession. And, and I just can't recommend that all men and, and leaders find one or two people to be mentors and friends, but mentor first that they can, you know, help you through situations. And these two gentlemen, John and Joe are huge mentors of mine now, as I walk through life situations as an athletic administrator, as a husband, as a father and, and a person. So. Wow. What a great list. And uh, when you started talking about your work study job, I had flashbacks to uh, when I was in college, you know, uh, my job was part of the field crew. You know, we were cleaning up the stadiums, we striped the fields. So uh, those skills definitely came in uh, handy uh, later on as an AD. Yeah, yeah. I remember vividly having a jackhammer in center field of our brand new baseball field, jackhammering a rock that had to come up. And uh, that was not uh, I don't think I got credit for that. Uh, you know, that, that wasn't any class we were taking. That was just, hey, man, get out here at one o'clock. We got work to do. So yeah, they should have put a plaque up for you there. OK, okay. <laughs> no, I was just uh, uh, just holding that jackhammer, man. Don, uh, whose voices do you hear uh, when you're doing your job? Yeah, you know, two of mine are, are really close. Uh, you know, my mother is the best manager of people that I have ever been around uh, as a lifetime educator. Uh middle school educator. And then my father is the greatest motivator of people that I have ever been around. So I was really fortunate to have both of those people under the same roof uh, and uh, to learn from them. I still learn from them uh, when I have issues that come about that, that I feel like have to be bounced off someone outside of my circle here. Those are the first people that I call. Um, in addition to that, being coached by the legendary Nick Heider at Valdosta High School. Uh, a lot of people don't know that before we would have practice, he would gather us all up and he would speak to us for sometimes over an hour before we even started practice. And I know, Jake, you understand this, but uh, Valdosta in August and September, uh, it's only about 115 degrees uh, on on any given afternoon. And as a high school kid, I would sit there and just think, can we just practice? Can we please practice? You know, you could boil an egg on the track. Can we please just, you know, uh, just, just get to practice. But then as I grew up and as I became an adult and as I got married and as I became a father, I started to, to hear him. And I still do uh, to this day. Uh, the lessons that he taught us uh, are, are just kind of ingrained, not just in me, but everybody that came through that program. Um, 
My last principal, Dr. Mark Trachtenbroit, was a great mentor of mine. I still talk to him a good bit. He had been an AD prior to becoming a principal, uh, and that was great because I could go into the principal's office, and he had been through those same battles that I had been through, and he was able to kind of advise me, um, and I still you know, am in touch with him. And then my current uh, direct report is a, another former principal of mine, Dr. Kevin Daniel. He is our district chief of staff. Uh, uh, and as a former principal, uh, I can, we share a wall. Uh, his office is literally right next to mine. Uh, and having that point of view of a principal, sometimes it's very easy as athletic directors for us to get caught up in seeing the world from an athletic director perspective or a coach perspective. Uh, and it helps to have that principal resource where you can go in and they, they, you know, I, I preach all the time, you know, see the forest instead of the, instead of your tree. And sometimes I need, I need to be told that too. Uh, and he, he does a really good job in helping me with that. Uh, again, just, I love listening to this and it's a great reminder, you know, for our listeners and for us that, you know, we didn't get here by ourselves. You know, there were people that, you Absolutely. know, helped us, pushed us, uh, you know, allowed us to, to see further. So Jay, um, can I add to that? Because it's, we, we had a quote on our show from Doug Kilgore, who we all respect and, and know, but he said, we warm by fires others built. And um, I, I just remember that quote. And uh, it, it, it's like you said, we, there's people that came before us that made this possible for us. Oh, without a doubt. Um, for our listeners, you know, Josh just mentioned their show. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Don and Josh are the hosts, the creators of one of the very best uh, athletic director focused uh, podcast, uh, Hanging with the AD. And we're going to go off script here just a little bit. Um, Don, I guess we'll start with you. How did you two get together? How did you two come up with the idea of putting on uh, what has become, as I said, a very, very successful and highly listened to podcast? Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, and, and thank you again, officially, uh, for taking a chance on us when we called you. <laughs> and uh, we're looking forward to, to airing that episode here uh, in 2021. And, and uh, Josh and I really had the same idea about the same time. Uh, we were just having a conversation about, wouldn't it be neat if we could just record conversations that we have with other athletic directors? It's stuff that we're already doing anyway. And, and then put it out there for everybody to uh, to see if it's something that, that would stick. Uh, and, and we feel like it's been, you know, really well received. Uh, we really, you know, just today uh, released our, our year in review um, episode uh, where we touch back on some of the highlights from this year. We just had a really good time doing it. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those kind of deals. We both had a similar idea about the same time. And rather than, you know, jumping off the, the high dive alone, we, we jumped off together. So uh, it's, it's, it's been fun. Josh, what's your take on uh, how it all started? Yeah, a lot like what Don said, we kind of had a similar idea. Um, I had had a goal as an athletic director when I started nine years ago to sit down with another AD every summer. And what I found out was I had great conversations, but I was limited in the scope of the people I could talk to from a travel, from a time perspective. And uh, when we started talking about it, we got some advice from a, another mentor, kind of a podcast mentor of ours, who um, we listen to a lot. And he said he uses Zoom. And this was actually before COVID. So we started in the Zoom world and realized, hey, we can reach out just like we're doing today uh, to Tallahassee or to wherever and uh, talk to anybody that will talk to us. And uh, once again, uh, we are looking forward to airing our episode with you, Jake, and uh, later in 2021. And we're glad that you... Uh, 
were willing to sit down with us uh, along with so many others. And uh, we just turned conversations into um, audio conversations or audio, you know, the podcast. And that's, uh, that's kind of it's taken off. And we've been very blessed with the availability of guests, uh, I think just like you have. And uh, it's amazing how willing people are to share their secrets, their experiences, and the lessons that they've learned through their um, their years and whatever leadership that they've uh, served in. No, you, you kept uh, saying conversations. And I, I think that was one of the things that uh, was key for me is, uh, you know, listening to your uh, um, conversations, uh, as well as some of the other podcasts. Uh, it was just so uh, natural. And, uh, you know, you both are very active at state and national level. And, you know, taking an LTI course is great and taking a workshop is great. But a lot of time, those best ideas, those best practices come up uh, when you're sitting around a table, maybe having a beverage uh, with three or four other athletic directors. And so, uh, again, you guys were just so, uh, I just felt so natural talking with you guys. Uh, I said, you know, the light bulb came on uh, and I said, this is something I can do for my year as uh, president of FIAAA and who knows, maybe beyond. But uh, yeah. again, uh, thanks for doing that. Okay. Um, Josh, let's go and jump into uh, our next segment. Uh, one of the things that we, we try to do is, is share this idea of best practices. So, uh, looking at, you know, your career as an athletic administrator, you know, you've been in a couple of different schools, you've certainly seen a lot of different programs. Uh, what are one or two things that you're particularly proud of uh, at your school? Uh, something that you would say, boy, we do this better than anybody in Georgia, maybe anybody in the nation. Oh, man. I'm not sure we do anything better than anybody, but we try to do some things different. And uh, like I said, Pope's a very family oriented place. Uh, I think we try to put on great events with what we have uh, that we, we try to prepare. It's one thing I've tried to instill in our coaches. You can't just show up and open the doors and say, come on in. Uh, we want to prepare ahead of time. Uh, but a uh, couple of things that we do. One is our all sports passes. Uh, we did not do them this year because of COVID, but uh, my buddy over at Laster, who I coached with, Scott Kelly and I have kind of partnered and, and we use the same philosophy, but we sell an all sports pass, which a lot of schools do, but we have about 60 to 70% of our students that buy them throughout the year, which uh, creates uh, student attendance at our games. It creates energy and excitement uh, and it gives kids it, well, it takes away excuses. Hey, I've got to find $5 to get to a game or, or whatever. I don't have a debit card now that we've gone all digital. They have a pass in their wallet or, or eventually it's going to be uh, digital, but they have a pass that their parents have bought them at the beginning of the year to attend every home event. And we think that that helps increase our fan participation and the student athlete experience that they're having there. And then the second thing is something we just recently have, have incorporated or changed, and that is we've gone away from just having a football coach do weight training. We have a very energetic, young, strength and conditioning guy. His name is Jared Johnson. He's our head track coach, and he helps out with football. But I'll tell you what he does best is uh, the training of our athletes. And we've called that position now starting this year. He's the director of athletic performance. So he's not the strength and conditioning guy because they do so much more than that. He's not a football guy teaching football weights. We use 
a program called Team Builder. Uh, so every kid can have their own individual workout within a system and they can stay on it, whether they're in season, preseason or postseason, wherever they are in their calendar. And um, he is phenomenal. I just went and heard him speak to a group of uh, other strength and conditioning guys, uh, performance directors right before Christmas. And uh, the, the study he has a master's in strength and conditioning and spent about three or 400 hours during COVID uh, trying to get more professional development. So that role has evolved and we're trying to keep up with the college ranks there, but we, uh, we have changed it to call it the director of athletic performance. Uh, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Uh, both those ideas, um, we have as a private school, you know, our kids as part of their tuition, they get to go to all the games. But when we instituted an all sports pass uh, four years ago for our parents, uh, they loved it. And I, I got probably got more thank yous for that than almost anything I ever did. So now they didn't have to buy a football season ticket and then a basketball season ticket. So great ideas. And, and I'm right with you on the strength and conditioning coach. We still call ours that but it's a full-time position, coaches, you know, all sports, coaches, boys and girls. And uh, I certainly think it's a key to some of the successes that we've had. Uh, Don, what are some of uh, the things that you're really proud of uh, with your schools or, or maybe an idea that uh, you helped initiate and uh, bring to fruition? Well, you know, still working on stuff like that, uh, you know, this being year two uh, with me. One of the things, you know, I feel like you have to have the mindset that we're always in process. We, we are always trying to learn. We're always trying to grow. That's the beauty of podcasts like this. Uh, that's part of what we're trying to do. Um, but I think that as a district level AD, if you don't put time and effort into an aspiring AD cohort, you're really missing out. Because in the last you know year and a half to two years, uh, we have almost replaced half of our ADs and you, you know, it's not digging ditches, but it's hard work. Uh, and it's not, everybody can't do it for an extended period of time or nor do they want to. And you have to make sure that when you have an opening, you have someone who you can plug in there that can keep that train rolling and improve on it. Uh, and so I think as a district level, uh, you know, AD, I think you have to focus on those next athletic administrators because the group that you have, you know, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, they're not going to be there forever, more than likely. I am of the, of the, the mindset that I, I want people to be ADs that want to be ADs. I don't want you to take this position so that you can become a principal. I don't want this to be a stepping stone for you. I want you to love this job. I want you to do this job, uh, you know, because it's what you want to do and what you feel called to do. And so by having those cohorts, you're, you're finding those individuals. You're vetting before you have to. Uh, and you, you kind of are one step ahead of the game when you do have, uh, when you do have an opening. And then one of, one of the guests that we had uh, – Dr. Keisha Rouse, she's over, over in a neighboring county of ours. One of the things that she said was, you know, it doesn't say Pope High School on the bus. It says, you know, Rockdale County Schools. You know, every bus that, it, that one of my schools, you know, shows up to compete, it says Cobb County Schools on it. It doesn't say the individual school. So they're representing me just as much as they're representing themselves. And so it's very important that I stress, you know, to my local school ADs and then them to their coaches, you know, that they are representing something bigger than themselves because uh, they are every time they show up to compete. You know, um, 
that branding, uh, whether it's for a county or for a single high school like McClay or, or, or Pope, uh, I just think is so very important. You're right. Um, you know, whether it's a bus or uniforms, you know, uh, they're out representing us uh, and, and we want to put out that that best impression. So uh, good luck with that, uh, developing that cohort. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the C word, uh, to our listeners. Uh, we're recording this on new year's day, December 31st, 2020. Uh, so it is going to be fairly current by the time you listen to it, but, uh, um, Don, what's happening right now in Georgia, as far as return to school, uh, academics, as well as return to play, uh, you know, what's been the response in Georgia to COVID? Well, you know, we just last night, uh, as a matter of fact, we wrapped up our football state championships uh, and that was the last of our fall state championships. So we were able to have a full fall season uh, as, you know, I talked to other athletic directors across the country. It is very evident that we are very fortunate uh, that we were able to get through all of that because there's a lot of people that haven't done anything and there's some that haven't been able to do much. Uh, we have had kind of a blended model of instruction, uh, both face-to-face -face and virtual. Uh, the plan is to continue that uh, into the new year, uh, but we have been very fortunate that the Georgia High School Association that governs us, uh, that they have allowed us to compete. Uh, and, and those schools that can compete, they are, have been able to. Those that do have positive cases and have to quarantine or maybe even have to suspend play, then, then we do that. Uh, but we have been able to uh, be very diligent. Uh, our athletic directors, our coaches, and our kids, I can't say enough about our kids, that they have bought into the process uh, and done a really good job of making sure that they are doing what they need to do to stay on the field. And so for that, we're very fortunate. I, you know, All things considered, especially when – you talk to other athletic directors in the country, and I can't stress that enough. Talk to other people outside of your bubble, and then you'll really realize, like, you thought you had a problem, but you don't have problems. Uh, and I think that that has been uh, really eye-opening for me, and I try to relay that information to my local school ADs so that, you know, as bad as it may seem sometimes, we're still very fortunate to be able to be playing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've uh, actually had – uh, ADs from 35 different states so far on our podcast, and it's just fascinating to hear um, how their state has chosen to respond. And again, we, it's often not the local school or athletic director making the decision. It's the right. governor or the state board of health or somebody else. But uh, um, it's I think both of our states you know, have been very fortunate in that you know we've been able to have an experience. Josh, uh, what can you add to what Don said about? Uh, um, how things have played out so far in Georgia. Yes, yeah, sir. I, probably not a whole lot because I'm in the same district with Don and uh, we, get, we get a lot of instruction or the protocols come down from his level. Uh, he's done a great job of advocating for us to have the opportunity. I think our coaches understand that even though some schools or, or some programs have been shut down for periods of time, there's still an advocate for us to at, at the, at the school level and then and Don is our GHSA rep as well. So uh, we have an advocate on both levels of, hey, we want to play. We'll do basically whatever we need to do to play. And that, that's what's been the case. Uh, what I've seen is it's been very hard on coaches who are also teachers because, as Don mentioned, we're in a blended model where they're having to teach virtually and in person at the same time. 
And then they've got to turn around and try to coach and prepare to coach. Um, so they are in a very tough, almost impossible situation. But just from what I've seen with my coaches and some other local coaches that we've competed against, they're doing a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, we have to keep reminding them. And I know our coaches are tired of hearing me say, hey, tell your kids to wear masks. Hey, do your screening sheets that you have to do, sign-in sheets. Do your uh, temperature checks. They get tired of me hearing that say that. But I keep saying it because I want them to have the opportunity. And um, I know that's, you know, not the number one thing in their world. It, it, it's not something they learned in coaching school, right? And it is something easy to forget because you're trying to win a game. And at the end of the day, that's what we want our coaches focused on, winning kids and winning games. Uh, but right now, they've kind of got to put all that COVID stuff in front of it, which is not natural. So we have to continue to almost berate them. And I don't like using that word, but that's why I feel like I'm doing. And it's not a lot of fun as an AD, but it is fun getting to see them out there compete. So uh, I, I just want to say what a great job our coaches have done, even with ADs like me screaming at them all the time. They've done a great job of getting their kids to do right. We, Some of our most successful fall teams, the kids led the charge with wearing masks and social distancing and things like that. So. Uh, absolutely spot on. And again, it's that balance between, you know, patting somebody on the back and kicking them in the butt as far as, you know, hey, we want to keep this going. We want to keep playing, you know, don't mess it up for somebody else. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've, that's a, the same message we've been trying to send out is, you know, hey, let's keep it going. Let's not experience uh, what we did last spring where we got no sports. You know, nobody wants that. Okay. Another question I've been asking our, our athletic director since we've been doing this, um, revolves around the idea of uh, social issues, you know, maybe social justice, if you will. When I started doing these, you know, the events of uh, Minneapolis and, and even other places, you know, were still very fresh in the news. And my question was this, as athletic administrators, uh, what are some things that we can do better uh, in this area of, you know, social awareness and social justice? Josh, let's go and start with you. Yeah, so we asked that question to Carter Wilson on our show, who's a longtime retired. He's a longtime AD, kind of the dean of ADs in Georgia, I would say, but he's retired now. And uh, we actually, Don mentioned our year in review show that we put out today, January, uh, December 31st, 2020. But um, we played a little snippet of what he his response was. And it, it just goes back. We we talked about it with our coaches this year. The biggest thing is listen and do something. So listen to what's going on. Listen to your athletes. Listen to your other coaches. Listen to other coaches on your staff. Uh, because a lot of times we have blinders on. Once again, coaches are trying to win games and, and win kids. And, and they don't necessarily see everything as, as what it really is. We talk about perception. Is it perceived or is it realistic and you know I want our guys to have a realistic perception of what's going on I want that same thing for myself of what's going on in our programs and I think we can only do that if we listen and then we follow that up with with doing something if we if we listen and don't act then we've gotten a little smarter a little wiser but we haven't changed anything we haven't we haven't made any change and I think our kids want to see change where change needs to happen. And 
from, from what we have learned this past year, I think uh, my, my suggestion or my advice would be, and, and this is something I'm trying to do as the leader of our staff and our community is listen to what we need to hear and then do something about it. How can we foster change in areas that need to be changed? Yeah, you're right. Positive action uh, you know, goes a long, long way. Uh, Don, uh, what are your thoughts on this subject? Yeah, you know, I think Josh hit it right on the head. You know, we talked to Carter Wilson, who is an African-American athletic uh, administrator. You know, ultimately, it boils down to, like he said, listening. We said, how many times has it, have, have we said that going into like a parent conference? Or, you know, sometimes people just want to be heard. Just let them, let them vent, listen to them, and then maybe we can grow from that. It's the exact same concept. Uh, but ultimately, be better. Just be better. And, and one of the things that he mentioned, uh, this idea of action, but act when you don't necessarily have to. Well, you know, when, when you're in a, in a meeting and something is said and you know that it's something that probably isn't right on time, well, but you normally, or maybe you, maybe you do, but a lot of people don't, you're, in, you're not in mixed company and so you don't say anything. You don't, you don't say, hey, man, that's kind of messed up. Well, go ahead and do it because it's the right thing to do. Um, and I think that that was something that, that, you know, he said whenever we talked to him, um, you know, it hit me right between the eyes. You know, it's, it's no different than when we tell our kids, you know, little eyes are watching you or, or, or how do you act when nobody's watching you? You know, I think that's, that's more important. It's, it's, if we really want to make change, it's going to take a lot of, of us looking in the mirror and going, how can I be better? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like our uh, outgoing NIAAA president, Lannis Robinson's motto, be better. Yeah. Uh, so you made me remember one of our earlier episodes with Lisa Langston, our new president for NIAAA. Uh, when I asked her that question this summer, uh, she was, you know, talking about listening and, and, uh, and doing all the things that we talked about, but she also shared uh, a personal anecdote that as she's telling this, uh, she's kind of tearing up. She hadn't remembered this since uh, it had happened in college, you know, uh, where she had experienced, uh, you know, some uh, racism. And so uh, I, I think for us, you know, it's important to, again, what can we do better? And I really sure. appreciate you guys sharing uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, let's go and lighten things up a little bit. Uh, I've also asked the athletic directors, um, you know, what's your favorite part of the job? And, uh, about 99.9% .9 of them say without fail, it's the kids. And of course it should be, you know, you shouldn't be an athletic director uh, if you don't like the kids, but beyond that, acknowledging that we love working with kids and seeing the growth. Uh, Don, you know, what are some of your favorite things about being the district AD? Yeah, I think ultimately it's serving my local athletic directors. That's how I see it, uh, that, you know, I have the opportunity to work for them and to serve them. Uh, I, I enjoy trying, uh, Josh may disagree here, but, uh, I try to take things off of their plate when I can. Uh, and I, I truly love going to the line for them every single day, fighting for them, uh, so that their kids can continue to play, uh, can do it safely. Uh, and, you know, I think that, you know, that's the biggest thing for me, uh, is, is trying to serve them as best that I can. And every single day that I get up, I try to be a little bit better than I was, you know, the day before uh, to make sure that their jobs are as rewarding as they can be. I, I can really relate to that. When I came on at McClay, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I, I think one of the smartest mm -hmm. things I did 
was I sat down uh, over that summer with every single head coach. And I, and I just said, how can I make your job more fun? You know, mm -hmm. what are some things that I can, you know, maybe take off your plate? And, uh, uh, the, you know, you know, McClay's program is very successful, you know, before I got there, it's going to be very successful after I leave, but no one had ever done that for them. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've got a, a soccer coach that's going into Hall of Fame uh, in a couple of weeks. You know, he, he just said, you know, thank you so much for doing that. And so just, you know, I really agree with that idea, taking things off their plate. Josh, uh, uh, what are some of the favorite things that you can share about uh, the Pope family? Yeah, so for me, the, the my favorite thing is to see the coaches and the students, and you mentioned the student athletes, uh, it, it all gets back to them, right? It's hard to say there's a favorite thing without them, but the coaches and the student athletes find success. And that sounds like, hey, winning championships. And those are fun. Those are great. But I tell you, we just had a basketball tournament this week and watching games and just watching a play work the way that coach designed it to happen. Those players practiced it and, and it goes exactly the way and they get a layup or a point, you know, and maybe sometimes that's a kid who doesn't uh, score or doesn't find as much success. He or she finds that success in that one play. That that's exciting. I mean, even just in a small, you know, time period of a game that's exciting you know then seeing maybe a game go as planned it's a it's an upset win or something like that maybe it's a a game even a game we didn't win but we played really hard and we we played closer than people think because the kids were more successful than they thought they were going to be or the coach did something special and it, it caused them to be able to compete at a different level knowing those situations because we're in the trenches with the coaches. A lot of times we talk to them, we know what they're trying to do. And then seeing the kids reaction, those are all fun things. And, you know, at the high school level, and I mentioned championships, those are fun as well. But what I've seen at the high school level, the, the most fun championship experiences have been the ones that I call true high school events where the best player on the team, the most talented kid did not, create the winning situation per se maybe a wrestling we've had a couple wrestling matches like that where just an average high school kid who wasn't going to college or wasn't the best player on the team led to the success maybe had the game clinching or or championship clinching match that those are really satisfying and gratifying not just to the coach but me as, as the the uh overseer just getting to watch it happen uh you know this year we had we our girls cross country team won the state championship and i know i'm talking about championships but the fun part of that wasn't and it wasn't real fun because our head coach wasn't there we had a covid situation she wasn't able to be there but i had watched her all year long navigate and tiptoe through this covid thing to prepare her team with her assistant coaches and it was a talented team, but she prepared them. And we walked through so many issues that on the week of the state championship, when she wasn't able to be there, they found the success that they had been coached to find throughout that entire year since June 15th, you know, and that was first of November. So those are the fun, exciting times that we get to be a part of. And we know the backstory. We know what's going on within those circumstances. And, when you find success at whatever level it is, whether it's a, a play, a game, a, a season, 
uh, whatever it is, those are fun to watch and be a part of for me. Oh, absolutely. I, I think you nailed it. Uh, whether it's, you know, Billy making that first basket of his high right. school career or taking home that state championship trophy and everything in between, that's the paycheck right there. You know, right. uh, gosh, we're getting paid to do this stuff. You know, that's uh, great, great stuff. Well, gentlemen, uh, this has been wonderful, uh, you know, getting a chance to talk to you, uh, but we're not done yet. Um, I always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, Josh, we're going to go ahead and start with you. Um, you are certainly an experienced, uh, award-winning athletic director. But right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox, what three items are going to go in Josh Matthews' athletic director toolbox? Yes, sir. That, that's a great question. I love it. I love hearing your other guests answer it. I uh, I think it's the toughest question you can ask. I had a very hard time uh, just doing homework. I, I thought you might ask. So listening to your other episodes, I, I've got a list of like 10 things, but Don probably get upset if I take I, his time. I've let a couple of ADs <laughs> go up to four. I don't know if we can do 10. I'll, yeah. try, I'll try to stay in the rules and, and do three, but it was very, very hard. So for me, uh, number one, I have to say you, it's a faith. You've got to have some kind of faith that includes a daily quiet time. You've got to have some time to uh, meditate, pray, reflect, whatever word you want to use. For me, it's uh, it's a time in the morning, spending time in the Bible and in prayer. Uh, I actually rearranged my office during COVID. I brought in a chair that sits on the other side of my computer screen, so I can't see that. So that's where I uh, do my daily quiet time and spend time with the Lord there. I, I'd recommend the book. Uh, if someone's looking to organize your quiet time, I'm working through right now. It's a daily devotion book called Handbook to Leadership by Kenneth Boa. It's uh, like I said, it's a five day a week and it goes through different leadership topics and it challenges you uh, to the core really. So that, that would be number one is you've got to have some kind of fate to center you to, um, get you some kind of quiet time and, and, and time alone. Number two, I think uh, something that's changed the game for us at Pope and for me personally is to have a competent and driven or devoted assistant or secretary. I have, I, I, I have my second secretary now. Uh, we, we created this position nine years ago and uh, my first uh, assistant moved on to a school near our home. And now my uh, assistant or secretary, whatever you want to call it, her name is Kim Skyber, and she is gold. I tell her she's the athletic director. I just show up and, and answer email, but she is driven. She's there all the time. She's very competent in the athletic rules and, and procedures and protocols and how we do things at Pope. She does all our ticket gates and things like that. So Find you somebody, and, and, and there may not be a secretary position at your school if you're a new AD. Try to find a parent, a volunteer, or somebody who can come spend time with you, and you can give them things to do to take off your plate. They call it delegating, I think. But only delegate to allow you to do bigger picture things is what, what I like to say. So I'm going to let Kim do a lot of stuff that allows me to think at a higher level and take our athletic program to a different level. And then uh, my third one, I have recently created what I call the five Ps, uh, kind of five Ps that I want to lead by. 
and and I'm kind of cheating here to uh, to add in different things in my third one. But uh, those five P's are have a purpose, have a presence, be present. I think that's what coaches want the most. Preparation. You got to prepare for your events. You got to prepare for what's going on. Promptness. Uh, you got to be on time. You know, uh, I, uh, Mickey McMurtry, our, my mentor, he said, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Uh, so, but I, I would say if as a coach or as an AD, if you're not there an hour before the first kid or first fan's going to arrive, you're probably late because otherwise you're going to be running around with your hair on fire. And then that last one goes back to my first thing about faith is prayer. So purpose, presence, preparation, promptness, and prayer are my five P's that I would say stick in your toolbox. Great stuff. I love the five P's. And I love that you mentioned the administrative assistant. Uh, when we were advertising for administrative assistant for the athletic department, within the job description, it had the phrase, must be fluent with the language of athletics. And, you know, just all those, the minutiae that you and I deal with, that we all deal with, you know, that administrative assistant has to know that too. Don, what's going to go in your toolbox? Well, I think the, the first thing that I tell any brand new AD, it's a full-time job. I mean, it is 24-7. I've received calls at 6 a.m., at 12 a.m. I've answered the phone on Christmas, at the beach, in the mountains, and everywhere in between. And so go ahead and get your mind right, you know, is, is what I tell a lot of mine. Also, you know, I feel that the AD job has become much more of a spotlight position, meaning you aren't in the background maybe as much as an AD was uh, at one time. Uh, instead of just at a parent meeting, you're the keynote at the parent meeting. Uh, you're not just, you know, a member of the community. You have to be a leader in the community. And you do that by building relationships. And so I think that would be, you know, uh, I can't stress enough, you know, that relationship, not only that you have in your building with your head coaches and especially your principal, uh, but the relationships that you can build in the community, because let's face it, we are in a time and we're going to be in a time where schools need the community support. They can't generate enough money on their own to, to sustain themselves. Well, where's that going to come from? It's going to come from the community uh, and coming through a time period right now where businesses have been shut down and all that kind of stuff. You want to be first in line when they are able to help again, like they were before. Uh, well, how are you first in line? You have maintained that relationship. Identify those community leaders that you know can help you uh, and get to know them. Uh, obviously, you know, support your coaches, uh, fight for them, uh, unless they fall what we call uh, outside of the shield of immunity. If you fall outside the shield of immunity, I cannot help you. But as long as, you know, we are doing what we need to do, uh, I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody uh, to support you, and they will feed off of that. They will, they will work for you uh, if you do that. Uh, and then lastly, focus on things that don't change. Uh, hard work, character, sportsmanship, uh, working for something greater than yourself. You know, in this, this time where, where it's such a fluid time, where we have so much change, let's just focus on the stuff that doesn't change. And I think all the other things are going to take care of themselves. I mentioned, you know, we just finished our, our football championships recently, uh, and they were televised. And those cameras were on those coaches on the sideline. And I can't tell you how many times that camera is zoomed in on a coach, and there he is, you know, saying a cuss word or saying a, a vulgarity. And next thing you know, his team commits three 15-yard personal foul penalties that, that in, in one instance resulted in the game. Well, don't tell me that there's not a connection to that. You know, I think it was you that's either you tolerate it or coach it, you know. Uh, and so focus on the things that don't change. And I think that uh, in the big picture, uh, it'll work out for you. 
No, I was, that was going through the back of my mind. Uh, you know, one of the things we share with our coaches, it's either coached or allowed. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Gentlemen, this has been a, a real treat for me and I know it's been a treat for our listeners. Um, and again, um, we always like to, uh, you know, give uh, our guests a chance to our listeners a chance to get in touch with our guests. So, uh, Don, we'll start with you. What's the best way, the easiest way for somebody to reach out and uh, pick your brain? Yeah, sure. Uh, probably email is going to be the best. Uh, Don, D-O-N dot Baker, B-A-K-E-R at Cobb, K12.org. So Don dot Baker at Cobb, C-O-B-B, K12.org uh, is probably the best way. Uh, and then uh, on Twitter uh, at CCSD underscore AD, uh, by all means, don't hesitate to reach out. Okay. Josh, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, sir. So email, probably the easiest email, because my name's spelled a couple different ways there, but uh, easiest email is popeathletics at cobbk12.org. Pope, P-O-P-E, popeathletics at cobbk12.org. Or Twitter, um, you can do at popeathletics or at jwmatthews14. I get a personal Twitter there, either one. So uh, either of those work out. We're on both of those. We also have Instagram accounts for uh, Pope Athletics. Uh, we have an Instagram account for Hanging with the AD podcast as well. Yep. Uh, but uh, Twitter is usually the, the easiest way to communicate that way. Okay. And again, to our listeners, if you have not been uh, listening, you need to check out Hanging with the AD podcast. Uh, it's available on all of those podcast carriers. Uh, you know, Don and Josh just do a fantastic job. Uh, with our profession and uh, also, uh, you know, spotlighting athletic directors from across the country. Uh, gentlemen, thanks again for uh, being a guest today. Thank you. Thank you. And we'd say anyone who wants to be a guest on our show, if you want to reach out to us uh, or you have someone that you would like to hear on our show as well, we would love to hear from you, but uh, Jake, we're enjoying your show. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And we look forward to uh, more episodes with more great guests. Oh, well, again, th thank you for, uh, uh, give me the nudge to get this started. To our listeners, remember the uh, Zoom videos of these interviews are also uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD YouTube channel. Uh, thanks again for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.